When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Are you thinking about starting a podcast but don't know where to start? Let me take a second to tell you about Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast across a plethora of listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all the big ones. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, completely free. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, do yourself a favor and check out anchor.fm or download the app to get started. Hey everyone, if you're enjoying Increase of Our Reality, I'd really appreciate it if you could drop a review or a rating and I'll give you a shout out on the show. While you're at it, come join the Telegram group and follow the show on Instagram and across social media. If you'd like to support the show, check me out over on Patreon for early access to Inquiries of Our Reality and Big Dumb Inquiries, which is the Swapcast show I co-host with Kyle Rainey of the Big Dumb Podcast. If you'd like to pick up some merch, come check out the merch store. If you want to help me out to upgrade my equipment and pump out even more awesome content for you guys, come donate over on Anchor or Kofi. And last but not least, if anyone is interested in being a guest on the show, sponsoring the show, has a topic they want covered, or you feel you have something to contribute to the show, send me an email at inquiriesofourrealitypodcast at outlook.com. All the links I mentioned are in the show description. Just tap or click the Linktree link to be directed. Thanks, everyone. I appreciate you, and I couldn't be doing this without you. Now enjoy the show. The reality we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How will we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything? Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality, one topic at a time. This is Inquiries of Our Reality with Shane Jones. Hello everyone and welcome to the 45th episode of Inquiries of Our Reality. Today I have with me Astro Meadow from uh, the Astro Hour podcast. How's it going? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Not too bad. Happy to have you on the show. 
Yeah. Thank you for having me. I've only ever been interviewed one other time. So this is really exciting. Oh yeah. We'll make it a fun interview. We'll turn it, like I was saying before we started into an open conversation and we'll just bounce ideas off each other as we go on. But uh, yeah. to get started, um, for people that don't know about your podcast, why don't you tell them a little, about, a little bit about your podcast? So we cover kind of a large array of topics on my podcast. Um, a lot of it is like different healing modalities. So acupuncture, energy healing, um, like holistic health. Um, we talk a lot about like yoga and just metaphysical topics, uh, a lot of like esoteric knowledge and, uh, you know, it's just, it's kind of all over the place it, but it is a very like spiritual based show. So it always ends up kind of coming back to that spiritual basis. So no matter how far we stray from that, it's kind of, you know, comes around for full circle. So, uh, what, what was your reason for starting the show? Um, well, I've always wanted to have people to talk to about a lot of these topics. Um, I've been studying the occult for about 10 years and I've been studying my own, you know, spiritual practice since I was a child. And I, I haven't really had many people to talk to about it. So I'm like, okay, what better way, right. Than to do a podcast. But my friend actually was the one that originally put the idea in my head because she was listening to so many podcasts and uh, she would call me for like all this self-help stuff. And I would just, it's almost just like, I'm just channeling information out. And she's like, you should do a podcast. So I just responded with, okay, I could do that. And then I started one a couple of weeks later and I'm still doing it. So it worked out great. It's kind of funny how uh, it, it's like a spiral. And then that's how everybody seems to start podcasting. It's just like things line up and it all comes down to just kind of being like, uh, at least in this community, or like a means of like venting or being able to get out the things that you can't say to other people or other people that won't listen. Right. And I've just have been on this healing journey for so long. I met so many amazing teachers and I just wanted to be able to share them with other people because I mean, it was just like this profound change in me. Each time I would work with a new healer, you know, it would open up all of these doors for me. And I'm like, I wish that I could, you know, get these people out there. So other people know that this is an option. So that was a big part of it too. And then with the 2020 stuff, my community was very divided and there was just, everything was just so polarized with this us and them. And, and I just wanted to bring it like my community back together, you know? And so we focused on healing and spiritual truths and stuff that wasn't so dividing, right. Things that we had in common with each other. And it just gave me hope when, you know, I was really struggling, um, with all the isolation and stuff. So. Hey, if uh, we can't do anything super crazy, at least we can bring people together with this community where, you know, we can take two different people with two different mindsets and kind of help them find like a middle point and right. hopefully connect a lot of different people with their spirituality because it's been lost in today's world. For sure. I really love it when people that I've just like known throughout my life that have I didn't realize were into these kind of topics will hit me up and like talk to me about an episode. And I'm like, I did not realize you listened to the show, you know, and it's like, it gives us something to talk about now that I really didn't realize that there was common ground at all, maybe with that person. So it's been really cool. 
yeah, just get your ideas out into the world. Cause you'd be surprised to who's actually going to listen. Like I I'm surprised that as many people listen to my show when I'm, you know, just getting my ideas out because nobody else around me would listen to me in my everyday world. <laughs> right. Totally. Yeah. Um, a lot of people roll their eyes at this stuff and I live in the South, so it's, it's heavily Christianized here. Um, which I mean, I'm totally down with all of that. I don't have anything against it, but, um, you know, I, a lot of people don't like some of the things that I talk about, like just saying God is within you. I mean, I lost friends, right. When I came to that realization, they're like, no, I'm not a God and, and you're probably the devil. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I have stuff like that, you know, being from Tennessee that I have to think about, but you know, what's funny too, is that it's like, there's two different generations of like Christians in a sense too. Cause there's like the ones that are like the kind of, I guess in the area you live in kind of thinking, and then there's like the conspiracy minded, you know, this mm -hmm. kind of community, like Christians that seem to be a lot more open-minded to different concepts. And they try to like connect things with Christianity and more right. often than not, they're actually able to weirdly enough right. with different things in the book. <laughs> so yeah, because I've been raised, you know, in the Bible Belt, I'm able to tie a lot of it back to Christianity. So if people actually took the time to listen to what I was saying, they would realize that I'm not, you know, trying to like sway them away from their beliefs. I'm just trying to find that universal ground that connects them all, you know, but a lot of people on my show, you know, they might be like a Reiki master, but they're a Christian. So, um, you know, it's, it's pretty open-minded when it comes to the belief systems. I really do find beauty in every single religion. So I honestly think that most religions are all just different uh, perspectives of the same things, like really with just different names on them. Right. It's, it's the archetypes, it's the myths. And based on the culture that you're in, it's going to be coming out differently. You're going to call them different names or whatever, but it's still the same stories with different main characters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's kind of like, you know, in five different languages, like a dog has five different names. All of them sound drastically different from each other. And, you know, their drawings, because it's part of their culture, of course, too, are all going to be different of how that dog looks. So it's like, why can't you look at religion the same way that it's all just mm -hmm. the same thing from different perspectives and different viewpoints and different cultures and how they mm -hmm. perceive it for themselves? <laughs> for sure. I feel like our generation is really great with that, you know? Like the people I know that are Christian that are around my age are totally open-minded. You know, they're not like, oh, paganism is evil. They're, they're like, okay, I can subscribe to some of that, you know, and still totally be friends with this person. But there are people in the older generation from where I'm from, and they just totally shut down. Uh, they don't like, you know, crystals or they think Reiki is like evil and, and all of that. So I mean, even magic, it's all about the intention behind it, whether it's good magic or bad magic or white magic or black magic, whatever you want to call it. And mm -hmm. like the Bible is full of magic, but it's being used, right. you know, as like white magic. So it's like, I don't get why they mm -hmm. demonize anything that has to do with magic, not realizing that like half of their book is made on magic, you know? Right. I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you with that. I'm like, it's like divination is like tuning into the divine. I mean, isn't that what we're trying to do, you know? And even if you're not consciously doing magic, you could still be doing magic because when we speak, our words literally are magical. <laughs> They're powerful. 
uh, they're either going to help something grow or wither. And so we are always participating in magic. It's just, are you doing it consciously or unconsciously? <laughs> Even going into your voice and stuff like that too. Um, coming from somebody who has a lot of experience working with the, like plants. Um, I, I usually do, I I'm a cannabis grower for like my day job. Um, mm. I've definitely noticed a drastic difference where if you talk polite, nice to plants, even when I used to do like mycology and stuff, um, they definitely would grow way better. Like it's a different vibe and vibration. So it just shows how powerful your words can be. It's, it's even like those experiments they do where they'll play like nice music, something relaxed, and then they'll play like heavy metal or something like that next to like another plant. And you'll see like a drastic difference because of the vibration that it's giving off depending on your tone, which again, just shows like how powerful vibrations, sounds, voices can really be. Right. So it's like, are you participating or are you just going to be like a victim of the magic that's all around you? I mean, so, so um, I'm assuming that you've had some experiences in your life that have kind of brought you to kind of changing your views of thinking versus everybody that lives around you. Um, I'd love to hear some of those experiences and what's brought you to like this point in your life now. So I started having mystical experiences when I was a child. Um, the first um, out-of-body experience I had, I was four years old. And this was while I was sleeping, I was laying down asleep. And I realized I had walked up the ceiling and stubbed my toe on the vent. And this, this startled me and made me look down and realize, oh my gosh, I'm not in my body. Um, this was just the first time I remember this. Um, so I might've been doing it before, but you know, something about me, like hitting the vent, which is weird. Cause I'm in my astral body. So it, but something about that, uh, really stands out. So, um, yeah, that was the first, uh, out of body experience, but I had plenty throughout my life. Um, I was, very traumatized and abused as a child. And, um, I, w I suffered quite a bit. And during those moments of suffering, I had, um, what I thought were angels, uh, that would come to me while I was, you know, going through these harder experiences and they would be there with me at nighttime. Cause I, I would be really scared at night alone. And, um, I could, I could sense that they were there and sometimes I could even feel them hold my hand. And so this brought me so much comfort and I didn't really talk about it to anybody. It wasn't something I felt the need to share, um, too much about. It was just, I don't know. It wasn't scary to me. It was just something really special. And I just felt so loved and like there was something beyond this physical realm that was supporting me. Um, later on, I found out through Akashic Record reading that these were Pleiadians and, uh, basically they have just always been around me. And, um, do you care to explain what that is exactly for the listeners Pleiadians? that don't know? Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I always like to over explain things to the listeners just in case they've never heard things before. Okay. Um, Pleiadians are the keepers of the fifth dimension. The fifth dimension is in our heart space. So it's. When we're tuning in with an open heart, we're basically all Pleiadian in that moment. Um, so they sort of just help assist earth. They really have like a, a love towards children. So I, I actually have thought that it was the trauma of, and the fact that I was a child that really pulled them in to where I was able to actually sense them more than, okay, they might be there, but no, they're very much there. 
but they're just there for us. And they're not that much different than us. They're a little bit, I guess, more advanced, but um, a lot of cultures, some of our ancient cultures actually believe that their, you know, ancestors are from the Pleiades. So this is not something new. It's sort of like something that we're just now remembering. Um, and then a lot of us, like you'll hear a lot of star seed stuff and all that. And so many of them are Pleiadians. I mean, do you think this of, is what people link to like guardian angels or they perceive them as like guardian angels? I think that they definitely do. I do think that there are beings that are more angelic that are not Pleiadian. Cause I think that there's all sorts of different types out there. Uh, for me, they just happen to be Pleiadian. So, and I, but I would have never figured that out had I not done the Akashic record reading. I would have just always assumed that they were light beings or, or angelic, you know, but you can just feel the love from them because that's, that's the vibration that they exist on. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> so not to cut away from your story, you know, I just like, like, like to over explain things in case people haven't heard stuff before. So. Right. I just, I discovered at a different, during a different reading that even though I have connections to Pleiadians, that that's not my inception point, that my inception point was, um, in the Pegasus constellation, which totally blew my mind because I had never heard about a Pegasian before this moment. <laughs> um, I had heard all of the more common like starseed names and stuff. So that was like a totally new thing for me. And there's like not a lot of information on them. So what information is there on them? Okay. I guess I need to go back to how this reading started out. <laughs> I'm a little ADHD, if you haven't noticed. Oh, no, it's okay. This is open conversation style anyways. It makes it a little bit easier for that. We can bounce around a little bit. Yes, I love that. So I asked um, during a reading, because the reading before this, they kept saying the word starseed. So that stuck with me. And then years later, I had another reading. And I asked, you know, which particular place am I from? Because obviously there's many... Um, beings from different places that work with me but I was curious like my actual point right that I was they they kept saying inception so um they gave me these like coordinates and I was like okay well what does this mean um and I, I was like are these coordinates because <laughs> it was like they didn't want to give me this information the records are funny like that sometimes and they were like, yes, they said it's in the um, head of the Pegasus constellation. And I was like, oh, okay. So I wrote this down. I wrote the, the numbers down and contacted my friend who is an astronomer. And he's also into astrology. And he looked at the, these coordinates up. And the girl did not know I was going to ask this question. Like, she doesn't get the questions beforehand. And he, I didn't tell him anything about the head of the Pegasus or anything like that. I just gave him the coordinates. And he was like, wow, you know, the Pegasus is on the horizon, the moment of your birth and the coordinates were like, like the third eye of the, where the Pegasus constellation <laughs> is. This is so weird to me because this made me think of, I don't know if, have you ever heard of like map? They're like the medical assistance program. This is pretty far out, but it's like this group of beings that they basically hang out like right above the earth plane and like help people who need assistance. And I had found this book on them and I had been 
working with them. Like I worked with them during my pregnancy and stuff like that, because I didn't, you know, use like med medicines and stuff. And one, the one that I see is blue and it, and it has like this star on its third eye. And I'm like, so when they said that it was in the head, like the third eye of the Pegasus, I, I thought, are these related? Because I didn't realize this, but they, the little bit that I've studied on them, they are blue beings, right? So I was like, mm. that is crazy connection there because I, you know, I do see these things in my mind's eye, but sometimes I'm second guessing it myself. So then I get these like confirmations and they said that that particular being, um, is from that, like we were both kind of came in at the same time and that some of the map team do work with me and they have been in other lifetimes with me, but some of them are random, but it was that reading that made me put the map team, you know, and correlate it with that Pegasian starseed thing. So I'm still trying to figure that one out. That was really random. <laughs> No, definitely interesting though. Um, was there anything else that ended up building up after that? Um, not too much. Like I've, I've been trying to find people online. There is a connection with like Lemuria, which is interesting because I, through a BQH session, have had a past life there too. So I'm thinking maybe there's a correlation that maybe some of the Lemurians were Pegasians. I don't know. This is make it, probably going to make me sound crazy, but... <laughs> No, no, no. It's, it's, it's say this shows for open-minded people anyway. So, you know, I, I like to express all different views and ideas and if people don't like it, they can stop listening. <laughs> right. I but, uh, let's say I have, I, I, I don't know about the whole like star seed thing for me necessarily, cause I haven't dug into it too far. Um, but as far as like me, I've had experiences with, uh, basically I would go to sleep and then wake up and see myself sleeping. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing we do have in common as far as like that goes. Um, and I'd always get sleep paralysis after that was the thing I was going to ask mm. you is if you ever got sleep paralysis after you had one of those type of experiences, I have definitely experienced sleep paralysis. It's, it's not as common for me now, but yeah, when I was a kid, there was plenty of times where I just was like, it's like I was awake, but I couldn't open my eyes. I couldn't move my body, you know? And, um, it, it definitely was scary. So I think that that's something that's like, everyone has in common and experiences it is it's frightening because you are awake but you're stuck <laughs> you're like stuck to the bed have you uh had multiple like astro projection experiences i'm kind of a professional astral projector at this point so uh -oh. yeah so definitely <laughs> yeah when I, I, it started when i was a kid and then i discovered oh wow i have control over this right i can go wherever i want my drink dreams and if i was having bad dreams i was able to basically create a door so i had been reading harold and the purple crown you know when i was in like kindergarten <laughs> and uh it's this little boy and he has this crown and he just like draws whatever he needs and it becomes real and so i took this idea with me into the astral plane and when i would have frightening dreams i would literally draw a door and walk out and go into my astral meadow, which is actually where my name comes from, but, um, it's just a safe place. So no matter how bad it gets in the astral plane, I can always just duck out, which is a, a nice feature. So I've been doing it since I was a kid and now I, you know, can still do it. I actually 
try not to be too conscious in my dreams because I'm trying to just like absorb the symbolism and um, connect with kind of more with the unconscious. But if it gets bad, I can definitely control it. But when I, I use this same concept when I'm doing like past life regression. So I'm going to get almost in a sleep state, you know, very lucid. And that's when I'm going to be able to start going into a past life. So, you know, this, the exploring I did when I was younger, um, with lucid dreaming is very much relevant to me now when I'm doing past life regression. So, cause I'm just, I'm able to really see things and I thought that everyone was really good at that, but I have a friend and she cannot imagine that. Like when she closes her eyes, she can't imagine things, which I, I didn't realize. Like a visual picture. Do you mean? Yeah. She, she cannot visualize things. Um, but for me, you know, if I'm listening to a meditation and it's like, you're on the beach, right? I am on the beach. <laughs> I can completely create that with my mind. And um, I guess that that's kind of a gift um, and maybe also why I love art and how I can just sort of create worlds, um, whether with my mind or through my art. Um, I just, I don't know, it's just easy for me. It's like harder for me to, to be physical and do the day-to-day -day stuff. It's easy for me to create these other realities, so. I mean, honestly, coming from somebody that kind of has the same idea with like visualizing and stuff, it's like weird to think that is, do most people are, they don't have that ability to like see things in their head like that. I don't know how common it is, but it, there are people that actually can't visualize. Yeah. That's so weird to think about. Like, just cause it's like, you don't think about it because it's just something you can do. So it's just like not being able to do it is something you can't even really imagine because you're imagining it in the first place. <laughs> right. I didn't realize that any of these things were gifts. I just assumed that everybody encountered beings like angels, you know, cause they talk about it in the Bible. You know, there's people that talk about angels all the time. So I'm like, okay, well, other people, you know, see angels, right. Other people are able to, you know, move around in the dream world because people talked about their dreams. So I just kind of assumed my whole life that at some point everyone had had an experience like this, you know? So, so when you, uh, astro project too, do you go to like, let's see, how do I describe it? Like, uh, places that, you know, are places you've been before, uh, places that, you know, like exist in this plane that you haven't been before, or do you go to like, places that aren't in this plane or do you go to like a place that you imagine altogether like it's kind of a loaded question but with multiple ideas kind of behind it but I've done a little bit of all of that I've been to um through like BQH and stuff which is very similar to astral projecting to me worlds that I have no idea where they came from you know and met people that I'm like whoa I like I, it's not like I'm making it up. It's like happening in front of me and I'm experiencing it. Right. And I can ask questions and stuff like that. But, um, what's like yeah, the most sometimes... interesting ones that you've seen as far as like that? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you <laughs> off, but okay. I'm just kind of curious. So the wildest place I ever went to, I could not get this person to tell me the location, but it was underwater and she, her name was Maya. I got her name she, as I was talking to her was getting larger and smaller 
and she had arms that were very much like a stingray and like so she would like open them up I'm like I think this woman's part fish (laughs) but um there was like this whole story to it where she had like adopted me in this past life right but she's actually still currently living here right she's I guess sort of like the oracle in the matrix right she she's just gonna always be here and even if she dies she's basically going to reincarnate and have the same position so that one surprised me like I was literally floating through space this is how it starts and I hit this like it's almost like a wall and I had to get sucked through it and it was like going through jello and I was like what is this (laughs) And then I was like, okay, I'm underwater. (laughs) So I since then have looked it up and there are people that have went to places underwater in, you know, the astral realms. Um, But before this, I had no knowledge of this and I wasn't even necessarily aiming to go there. I was just aiming to go to a past life that was relevant to what I had been experiencing right now. And um, there was this story that she told me that basically I'm orphaned in all of my lifetimes. Like I've always have this thing where I'm abandoned and I basically raise myself. So this is a common theme through most of my lifetimes, but that she is sort of like this mother figure that I can tune into whenever. So this is why this lifetime came up, but, um, it definitely surprised me. Like, I remember when I went through the jello that I, I was like, I took this breath, like, you know, <laughs> like my, my actual body laying there, like it startled me. And, um, but I was able to easily get back into it, but I'm just like, I was blown away have by you, that landscape. Have you seen her or it's a, it's a her, right? Yeah. So have yeah, you seen her, her like since then? I have not, but if I meditate on her, then I can, it's like, she's just right there now. Like I I'm able to access her now that I know who she is. So yeah, you done she's any, just the, like the divine mother. Huh? Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, th- have you done any art of her? No, but you know, I should do that. That would be awesome. Saying <laughs> so after hearing it, I definitely want to see like a visual representation of it. Yeah, there was, um, what was the movie? There's a Disney movie. So is it soul? Okay. When you're watching, have you ever seen that movie? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So the beings, when they're in this other world, they're kind of like really fluid. And that's like the closest thing I can get to of like, it, it it was, it was confusing to look at her. Cause I was like, why is she moving like this? And then even the objects, she had like this apothecary, this like underwater apothecary, but they, everything was like alive. Like and in a fluid state, which was just wild um, to see. So it's kind of crazy to think that we're used to reality being the way that we perceive it. But like there could be like gas beings where like everything is made up by gas or by some completely other different, you know, solid liquid, whatever that we don't even know exists yet, you know, or right. out of material that we don't even comprehend or understand yet. Right. So even if all of this is crazy and none of it's real and I totally just made all this shit up, it's, (laughs) it's a great exercise to get you to think outside of the box, right. To think about, okay, well, what if, you know, what if reality wasn't so solid, you know, what, what would it look like? So, 
you know, it could just be when people do these active imagination exercises, right? They might create this realm and it might not exist, but I feel like there's lots to learn during the, with that imagination. You know, I think of people like Einstein and he's saying, you know, imagination is more important than knowledge. So being able to be creative and to tune into this, you know, stuff is good. It, it exercises our brain in that way to see like beyond what we think of is reality. Right. Yeah. Otherwise it wouldn't ever become comprehensible because if we just stuck to learning the knowledge of people before us and never expanded our minds into something new, then we just keep recycling the same old thing. And we never start to discover new things until we think of uncomprehendable things. Right. For sure. What's uh, what's some of the other weird places or people or creatures you've interacted with? Okay. So a really important lifetime that since I have accessed it has come back up a lot was my Lemurian lifetime. Um, my name was Miriam in this lifetime and this name, like even today I have this Oracle deck and I drew that, the card, the Miriam right before I did this episode, which is interesting, but she is really important to my lifetime now because we had a very similar goal which was sort of enlightening and helping the people around us wake up to the harsh reality that maybe the people in control (laughs) um don't have their shit together (laughs) and in this reality I was very much aware that okay so this was like right before the fall of Lemuria And I was trying so hard to like tell people things I had discovered. So I had went beyond the main city into like the villages and they were dying. Like the water was drying up, (laughs) Uh, but there was like no life energy because everything was being channeled into the main city. Right. So it was like killing everything on the outskirts. And I was trying to, I remember trying to tell the people the main higher ups about it. I'm like, Hey, uh, I don't know if you guys realize this, but, um, all this energy that you're harnessing is like being pulled from the, the beings in the life, the villages from the outskirts and they're all going to die. <laughs> and eventually, you know, we will too. So, you know, I, when I told them this, they basically put this veil in front of me to where nobody could see me in the village anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I have to leave and go back into like the outer villages and they they like hated people from the city right because there was this whole bias um around it so but i was able to meet this guy his name was emmanuel and we were able to discover that within all of our hearts there's like this crystal okay and if you tune into the crystal, basically you could project off the planet, right? This is, I know this sounds wild, but this was the vision, right? Um, and so we were able to save some of the people from this destruction, right? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> this is interesting because the records and everyone, like when I've talked about this lifetime, they say, yes, it's very relevant to what's going on now because what have I been doing is like waking people up to the fact that maybe our governments don't 
necessarily love us the way they think. And maybe they have these motives and maybe they realize that what they're doing um, isn't healthy for everybody. Right. So it's a very similar mission, but she was like a badass. I'm not, I'm not quite as cool as her in this life, <laughs> but I can channel her, you know, when I need courage because she was just so full of that, you know, and passionate and all of that. So the thing about some of our past lives and these other parallel realities is that we're not that far from them right now. Like we're still very much tuned into these other versions of ourselves. And, and, um, I really don't think that lives come up that aren't relevant. You know, I think that if they're, if you see them, there's a reason, you know, and I think even in our dreams, even if you're not lucid dreaming and you're just having you know, dreams, if you study them, you're going to see these parallels, you're going to find these deeper meanings uh, within the information. So I don't know, they are relevant. A lot of people think it's not. So I have to... no, I feel like a lot of us podcasters kind of have like a buildup, um, or at least the ones that are on the spiritual side of like a connection with a past life that makes us feel like we're doing something that we're supposed to be doing now, especially with this podcasting thing. Like this is the time to like wake people up to things. This is the time to start opening people's minds to what's really going on. So I think Mm -hmm. that we're all playing a way bigger piece in a puzzle than we realize we are. Um, Do you know who Whitney Fox is? Uh, That name sounds familiar. Has she been on your show? Yeah, she was on uh, one of my earlier episodes. Okay. I might've seen her like skimming through your stuff. But uh, she is intact or what's the word where she she has psychic abilities i guess is the best way to describe it mm-hmm. um so i kind of bounce things off of her frequently and uh she said that in a past life that i was a shaman and i have a bunch of different like links to like shaman ties which mm-hmm. is kind of funny because i was like always like i use psychedelics for the aspect of like a tool not for like a party drug right. so i was always the one that would like help my friends like guide them through it um, kind of like help them come through the other side. So it was kind of weird that you said that you, we aren't too far off from our past lives because I have a link with that and, uh, kind of just to make you feel a little bit better about the like vision things too. Um, I had like a heavy period where, like I said, using it as a tool, trying to like self-discover because it came after me being like an alcoholic for a while. Um, and I needed to like kind of rebuild myself from the inside, but I used to do like LSD, um, mushrooms dmt that kind of stuff and uh when i would do acid sometimes i would get these visions and it was kind of weird that every single time it was like the same thing but i would like completely go into it where like let's see the the first time it happened i was standing outside and it was the middle of winter and i closed my eyes and it was like i was fully in it and i was i could see i I was assuming i was some kind of viking because i was wearing like a bunch of fur and i was in the middle of like a field and it was winter and i could like see myself like i was in that past life but it only lasted a good, maybe like five, 10 seconds. And then it, you know, Mm -hmm. went back and I was back to where I was. And then there was a second time that I was doing that. And I remember being the same person because I remember looking down and seeing the same like markings and stuff in my arm. And I was Mm -hmm. on some kind of a boat and I was like handing mushrooms to people too. So again, (laughs) it's another connection with that, like shaman life and like spreading truth to the people. And now, you know, in this life, I'm doing my podcast and all that kind of stuff and just opening people to all these different ideas and concepts. And, uh, kind of like you were saying, um, with the like bigger mission than you realize and kind of like I was referencing, she, uh, Whitney, who I talk to frequently was saying that, uh, every single time she pulls cards that they're fitting to like me being part of like a bigger purpose. Um, mm-hmm. and I think all of us are, it may not be one of us in particular, but just all of us and what we're doing is again, part of like a bigger thing that's going to chip away at this wall of 
uh, all the, like just everybody being suppressed by the higher powers that be for, you know, not having better words to describe it. Cause it's kind of an overall thing between the government and people above them and darker entities and just a bunch of different things. Right. Definitely. I think a lot of us have chose, like we choose to incarnate during like really important points in history. Um, so like Lemuria was kind of a big point. There's a lot of people here right now that were a part of like the Egyptian mystery schools or the Renaissance or whatever. It's like we reconvene during like the big points where there's going to be a, a shift and we hold like the energy that helps the collective um, cross over into like that next version so right now we're we're moving into this age of Aquarius right it's a really huge shift for us as a collective so we need people you know that are kind of more Aquarian right to to help us and to help guide people into that frequency basically Mm -hmm. which is a lot different than like the Piscean age so for people that aren't familiar do you care to describe uh the two different ages so that people kind of know what we're talking about Okay, so the age of Aquarius is very like forward thinking. It's more technological. It's um, sort of like that, all this, like the new age stuff that we hear about, all of that is very Aquarian. Um, Aquarius is very much about like the collective and like humanitarian efforts and community and um like using well the higher aspect of Aquarius would be like using technology to interconnect us all like for the positive but there's also you know the shadow side which would be you know like having this technology but maybe like filtering what people see or um I don't know we can see that there's obviously a downside to some of the tech, but it's also interconnecting us. Right. So all of that is very Aquarian. Um, yeah. Cause we wouldn't be able to do podcasting if it wasn't for that. But at the same time, I always say it, the internet's like a double-edged sword. Um, mm-hmm. There's the good side and the bad side. There's the side that you can use it to learn, uh, interact with new people, um, connect, just do different things on in that manner. Um, and then there's the other side where you can get lost watching like seven second videos of repetitive things and getting stuck in the algorithms and just never really doing anything with the internet besides just seeing likes and things that just aren't really that important, you know? Right. I also think of it as, even though it's like about the collective, it's also very much individualistic. So we're like with the Piscean age, we have like gurus that we follow but it's actually getting to the point where uh we're not really looking for that as much anymore we're trying to find that within ourselves so uh and and being like different from other people so we're not all like going to be dressed the same we're not all going to have the exact same ideals but we get along as a community um so i think like that's a big part of the shift is coming together but also in an individual way like celebrating everyone's differences and acknowledging that we're not all like robots. We're not all supposed to be doing the same exact thing. And we all have like a gift to bring. Right. See, I feel like the higher powers that be are aware of that. And that's why they're again, trying to polarize things so much where it's like, 
two people have a very common idea set, but they try to find a difference between the two so that the two will argue over the ideas rather than uniting and coming as one. Yes, I totally agree that uh, there are people that have been studying the cycles that are in power, you know, and they they have been trying to keep us, you know, in a lower frequency so that we don't ascend into the higher, highest version of the Aquarian age. So, so we don't need governments, basically. Honestly, kind of like moving towards that, I feel into the sense of more of like a local community thing, because there's going to be a big shift as far as like governments go. And I always make the joke, but I think it may actually be this way where there's going to be like smart cities where everybody's connected into this like worldwide power. And then there's going to be like the off gridder type smaller communities that are kind of scattered everywhere where there are people that don't want anything to do with like the big major world. They'd rather just deal with small community efforts. Um, but yeah, I, f- I feel like we're kind of slowly making that shift because it seems like there's a lot of people that are starting to kind of go both ways and there's not as much right. of that like middle ground anymore. It's either people want to be in the city or they want to be away from everything. Right. And it was kind of like, I've heard a couple of different people when they talk about some of the like ancient cultures sort of predicting the split or the shift and you hear people talk about like, oh, the ascension and all this, but it really kind of is obvious that there's people living in like two different realities at the same time. And I think some people are really kind of stuck in that third and fourth dimensional vibration. And some of us are operating more from the heart, which is the fifth dimension. And all of these exist right here. Right. But it's just a a slight difference in like your frequency. So, but you can have a conversation with somebody and you're like, you can feel it. Right. You can feel that, um, you know, that there's no way that they can understand anything that you're saying. They're not operating from the heart at all. They're very much about the grind and, you know, just like materialism and, and keeping, they want to keep their structures in place. And then this like fifth dimensional energy is totally different than that. And we, we do, we just want to love, we're like the hippie generation. We just want everyone to, you know, be able to survive and be healthy and happy and holy. Right. And just, and like, I don't know, it's like, we don't have to suffer so much while we're here, but if you stay in the third dimension, it really is, you know, it's depressing. It's negative. It's, I'm not saying it's all bad. Like, like all dimensions have the light and dark aspects, right? So we very much have to be aware of like the third dimension. Like we are the keepers of the third dimension. It's important, but you know, I just don't feel like we should get stuck there. I feel like we should be able to access some of the other realms. So yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. It's like hard when you're part of like this community and like method of thinking, And then you like go into your everyday world and you just see people like talking about how great it is to just grind and work like 60, 70 hours a week. And it's Mm -hmm. like, man, you're, you're wasting the freshest time that you have here furthering somebody else's dream. And you don't even enjoy it when you're there. Like I always try to point it out to people that like, yes, money is important, but as long as you have enough to get by, like, is that extra 20 hours you worked a week furthering somebody else's dream that you hated being there? Like worth it because realistically there's nothing that's more valuable than time and you're giving away your time for a piece of paper like you know at my work they're like hey just find some busy work for a half hour and I'm like rather than doing that I'd rather go home a half hour early to my kids because that time's more valuable to me valuable to me right for sure yeah 
I don't have any interest in all the materialism. It's just totally boring to me. <laughs> and I have a hard time even processing that someone would like work their ass off for months and months to buy like a Corvette or something. I'm like, what? <laughs> that's that's wild you know but that's just not where my head's at so you know it's hard for me to relate in that way see like for me at least I feel like the meaning to life is experiences so it's like if you're not enjoying the experiences that you're having or your experiences aren't teaching you something like what's you're just wasting your opportunity to have experiences and to learn new things um because you're not going to remember you work in that extra couple hours that day, but you're going to remember getting off work early to take your kid to go do something or, you know, just playing with your kid or, you know, getting to spend that extra little bit of time with like your significant other going for like a car ride or something like that. Like, you know, that, that time is definitely way more valuable and you're always going to remember those things, but you're not going to remember that 80 hours you work to get that Corvette. And you may remember the Corvette, but again, it's like, what's more important that Corvette or the people around you? Right. Yes. Love has such a beautiful rippling effect. So you go home and you love your children and then, you know, you're, you're raising them in that vibration. And then when you cross over and you move on, they're still here and now they're radiating love and it, that's how we, you know, shift the whole planet. But like the materialism doesn't do anything. I mean, if you focus on that your whole life and die, then what, what have you left? Have you left the earth, earth better than when you got here? No. I mean, you, you got totally lost on your path. I mean, to me, all of that is just a distraction, you know, and it prevents us from like evolving. I really feel like we kind of come here, like earth is a school and we're here to evolve our soul. And we have to, you know, we have all these challenges and stuff. And, and I think if you choose materialism that you've basically failed your mission and you're going to be coming right back. (laughs) Um, So, but I think if you're loving, if you're just like in the day to day and you're present and you are loving people around you and you're helping people and like that vibration affects everything, you know, because it just ripples out and it changes the whole collective. So I feel like that's really all you need to do. If you're just present and loving, you're doing it right, you know, so even on a smaller scale, I always like to point out too, just like holding a door open for somebody can completely change the whole path of their entire day. Or if you see somebody that's like standing there, like awkward in line, it doesn't have their phone, like everybody else. Like I usually like to spark up a conversation with those people because then Mm -hmm. it makes them feel a little bit less awkward that they're not sitting there with their phone. Everybody else is around them just trying to stare at their phone. Like it makes a huge difference and people don't realize it. Like just the little things can completely change the trajectory of somebody's entire day. Right. Yeah. I asked the records, you know, what is my big purpose, right. For being here. And, and they were like, well, it's just to be, you know, so they're like, when you're smiling at people and just out in the community, you're doing your purpose. So that's it. Like, I just, I'm me when I'm, when I'm being my true self and allowing that to show so that I do have to leave my house and actually go out into the world, which is something I struggle with. Sometimes I do get a little hermity, um, then I'm doing my purpose. So it doesn't have to be this big thing of like saving the planet every time (laughs) it can be just helping your community and keeping it more small. It doesn't have to be this big global shift, but it's, it's like a butterfly effect, right? So if you're working with your community, then that's 
going to affect the whole you know this is like as above so below like when you grow and you work on yourself you really do like have an effect on the whole so I mean even just doing your podcast too um I mean you're helping your community out but that's kind of expanding it to like fulfilling your purpose of just being yourself and making other people's like vibrations higher because people are hearing like your previous recordings and they might be brightening up their day listening to it and you might be speaking right to them and making them not, not feel so alone in the world so it's like just putting your words into a podcast can help people out more than more than you realize you know it really does like there's sometimes I'll say something and I'm like god that was kind of silly you know like I made this Moana reference one time and afterwards I'm like why did I have to do that but there's been like two or three people one of them was an eight-year-old that just happened to be listening to that episode <laughs> and they understood it because of the Moana reference right they're like oh like her grandmother's her like ancestor right and uh, another girl had just recently lost her grandmother. And like out of the, the whole thing, she was like, that really stood out to me when you made the Moana reference. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, I guess, you know, I just feel like I'm rambling sometimes, but you know, it's, it, if it's going to reach the right person, it's worth it, right? Like, sometimes you just so got to get that trail of thought out too. Sometimes you stop it before it's actually able to mature into something. And if you just kind of get the ideas out, uh, other people are able to like put the pieces together and figure it out. And you're able to express that idea you're trying to get out. Right. There's been, there's been a couple of times where I really wanted to edit something out because I, I was just kind of embarrassed about maybe like the way I said it and that it always comes to me that uh, someone was like, Oh, I really loved when you, uh, you said this thing. And I'm like, man, I almost cut that <laughs> because it seemed like maybe a little too personal or maybe I was just a little too weird, you know? So See, I was the same. I kind of like chopped out a lot of stuff in the beginning. And as I'm progressing, uh, it seems like people react and like the stuff better where you're just, uh, don't sound like you're trying to be perfect, but you're just, you know, a person with a microphone. It's more relatable. So people like enjoy the goofiness. They enjoy the awkwardness. Sometimes they enjoy like the weird things you say, it just like humanizes you rather than you just being like a voice that they're listening to on their headphones, you know, that they happen to have found on an internet feed. <laughs> Right, right. Because if we wanted like the fake stuff, we would just turn the TV on, right? <laughs> and that's why Oops. everything's shifting this way is because I feel like people are getting back to the point with their entertainment that they just want to have something real. They're tired of like the Hollywood make something for everybody kind of a concept because not everything is for everybody. And like you're mm -hmm. saying, you just have to get to a point where everybody just kind of learns to like embrace the differences and let mm -hmm. everybody be who they want to be and be themselves rather than saying like, just because I don't agree with this doesn't mean that you should be able to do this. When again, you have to take into consideration that everybody has different viewpoints and that you shouldn't be telling somebody else how to live their life if they're not telling you how to live your life. Right. And we live in a very like polarized society and, and that's just kind of how like the third dimension is, it's, you know, the law of polarity, but I think as we sort of ascend, we're able to kind of dissolve that. We're able to kind of see, oh, us and them isn't really great, you know, um, during all the, the COVID stuff and like all the president stuff, I, I played this middle role where I just was like, I don't care about this. <laughs> uh, I just wasn't given into it. And I lost so many friends um, because I wouldn't say F this person or F that person. I was just like, you know, I don't really love the government, you know, <laughs> and I don't really care. Like, I think either way, it's probably not great. Right. 
but that's what happened to people, me. They wanted to be polarized. They wanted to say, I'm on this end and they're on that end. I'm red, you're blue. And I'm like, I'm purple. <laughs> I don't know. I've had that happen to me too. With the last couple of presidential elections, when it was like Hillary and Trump, when it was Trump and Bernie, it was like, you're either one or the other. And if you're just like, no, people are just like so thrown off by that. And they don't know how to react at somebody saying like, I don't agree with either side. So I'm not going to say I'm on either side. Like I'm in the middle because I, you know, disagree with a lot that they say, but I agree with other things they say. And that's why I always like to say that the truth's in the middle rather than on either yeah. side, because you'll never find that. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? You'll never find that. Uh... <laughs> Man, I hate when I get stuck on a word, especially when I'm going on something. Um, you'll never find that compromise unless yeah. you put the truths together in the center. Right. Yeah, that's definitely where you're able to, I don't know, it's like fully understand both sides. So I can really hear both sides and say, okay, there's some truth there. There's some, you know, crappy stuff there. <laughs> um, and I can like, I don't know, it helps me empathize with both sides and it helps me understand people in a different way. And I, I would prefer to be in the middle every time than to say, oh, I hate these people because, you know, they voted for some crappy politician when, when I just don't really love that structure anyway. So like, I just don't really support it because it's not something that, you know, I necessarily go along with. I don't want to be governed, you know? <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Um, I guess I lost my train of thought for right now. So I guess we'll leave it a little bit closer to an hour. So leave it so okay. that we can do another episode another day then. Cause we still got a lot of different other stuff we can talk about. Right. I, I've I'm, I go into so many things on my show. I, it's just because my whole life is spiritual, right? I've just been doing this, this stuff I, all, all the time, like trying new things and dabbling. And I'm reading, I read like two or three books a month. So um, just always learning. So. See, that's where I'm at too, is that I feel like if you don't learn something new each day, then you're kind of wasting the day in, in an extent. Cause it's like, it doesn't have to be anything crazy or ridiculous, but it's like right. you have a whole 24 hours, like just learn something small and new and just stock yeah. it up in the, in the brain. Cause you never know when you might need it. Cause I've always kind of been like the Jack of all trades type and yes. you know, never in a bad way. Like, I think that's a really good thing because then when you're thrown in a situation, you have all these different pieces of knowledge that you can put together to figure out a solution to the puzzle. Yes. I definitely think that that's a valuable thing <laughs> to have. Uh, I guess to start wrapping up the show here, um, I always like to do, words of wisdom from the guests to the listeners. So uh, do you have some words of wisdom that you live by or that you feel would fit the conversation that uh, you'd like to share to the I listeners? Guess, <laughs> I guess um, I would say that you are exactly where you're supposed to be. And as long as you're being present and you are in your body and you're, you know, living in a, a place of love that, you are doing exactly what you are supposed to be doing. And um, yeah, like you don't have to take life so seriously, right? I definitely agree with that too. Cause I'm definitely one of the people that say that everything happens for a reason. And even if something seems bad right now, it'll build up down the line where something good wouldn't have happened unless that bad thing happened. And right. I've never had any life experiences that haven't showed me otherwise that everything bad has resulted way later on in something good happening. Yeah, I think we get kind of lost because we're like so in the future, we're building towards something or we're stuck in the past. You know, we think, oh, we've got to 
fix this aspect of us when really we just need to be more in the now. And that's where the magic is. I always say to um, like embrace your good and your bad side. I know that sounds weird, but like you can turn negative emotions into positive things if you know how to use them properly. So like if you feel anger, you can use it to turn it into like passion to give you more of a drive to do something good. Like just because you feel a negative emotion doesn't mean you have to receive it that way. Like you can use negative emotions to do good things. You just have to know how to like decipher and how to like use your emotions properly. Yes. I love shadow work. I definitely have benefited greatly by looking within and, and embracing those aspects of myself and, and loving them, right. And integrating them into my life instead of trying to repress them, (laughs) uh, which is never great. So yeah. See, that's how I was about my alcoholism. And that's why I like talk about it now is because I'm hoping that maybe if I just talk about it, that, you know, I don't, I don't see it as negative anymore because I feel like if I talk about those experiences, maybe it'll help somebody who's going through those experiences. And it also shows somebody that is going through those experiences that there is a light at the end of the tunnel because I was bad to the point where I almost lost my family and I uh, completely flipped it back around, uh, rebuilt myself. And now I am who I am today. And it was a process, but you know, like there's, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. And you just have to keep working at it piece by piece to get there. And people expect it to like change overnight. Like it's gonna be something drastic, but realistically, you just have to work on little pieces of yourself and of things you want to change just piece by piece. Don't like take it all as one giant thing. Otherwise it's never going to happen because you're going to be, you know, too scared to do it in a sense, because you're looking at it like it's some kind of crazy thing that's not going to happen. So piece by piece, just like almost anything in life, you gotta, you gotta look at it from small pieces instead of the wide picture when you're trying to get something accomplished. Right. You definitely don't want to overwhelm yourself by trying to do everything in, in one moment. So that's awesome. I have friends that struggle with alcoholism and, and the ones that I've known that have gotten on the other side, it's because someone like you like really inspired them, right? They heard a story and they were like, well, this person did it. I can do it. And not everyone wants to do AA, you know? So I love it with my community. We, they have like the sober yoga and stuff, and it's great for people, you know, that are wanting that, but they don't necessarily want to do it through the AA lens. So I'm always excited to see other people giving different kinds of examples of like sobriety. So, no, I mean, for me, I was never a fan of going into anything like that either. Um, at that time in my life, I wasn't somebody that was like open to talking about a lot of things and podcasting's kind of done that for me now. But uh, like, honestly, what helped me build up was just kind of diving within kind of like you were saying, and just mm-hmm. like fixing myself because I had the drive to do it because even like going to therapy, like nothing's ever going to happen unless you have the personal drive to do it. So if you have enough of a personal drive to do it, there's no reason why you can't look within yourself to do it. And I mean, I listened to a lot of spiritual things in the process um, dabbled with some psychedelics. Cause I'd heard a lot of people saying that that would kind of help you like rewire your brain as far as like your thinking patterns. Um, so again, I don't, I don't advise that for every single person, but it definitely helped for me. Um, but it's all about just finding what works for you. You know, like some people need therapy. Some people don't want it at all. It's just a matter of having the intention to get over the alcoholism and doing it in whatever method fits you. But if you don't have the drive to do it yourself, like it's never going to happen if you're fighting the people that are trying to help you onto the other side, or if you're fighting yourself to get to the other side. Right. Yeah, definitely a lot of like self work there for sure. 
but it's a challenge, but I mean, we're definitely very capable and we're very powerful beings when we remember. So, Oh yeah. Let's say coming from somebody that used to like drink at work and stuff like that too. Like there, there is, there is a way it's just a matter of, again, wanting to do it yourself. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing your story with the world and I love what you're doing and I appreciate your work. Thank you. I appreciate your work also. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, for the people that are, uh, that are listening to, um, if they wanted to come and find you, where'd they come and find you at? Okay. So you can follow me on Instagram at astral meadows. Um, my podcast is available on like all the big platforms, so like Apple, Google podcast, uh, Spotify. I'm also on Facebook. Um, my page is the astral hour on there. So, um, that's probably the best way to keep up with me. So, and I'll add all the links, uh, in the episode description for everybody that wants to get those that didn't catch them off of, uh, you know, her saying it. So it'll be covered and down at the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Uh, thank you for coming on the show today and thank you for making time to come on the show. I really appreciated this conversation. Yeah. Thank you for having me anytime. And I hope to have you on hopefully in the near future rather than the far future. (laughs) Okay. That would be great. Uh, to everybody that's around, uh, I hope you enjoyed the conversation and I hope you have a great night. Good night, everybody. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.